0: Appreciate these guys coming in every week with their uh their instruments and playing that song for us in, in the studio. For
1: yeah, they, to, they, they, thanks guys. Yeah, thanks. Hey, see you guys later. Next oh, week. Next
0: week. See you
2: later, guys. All right.
0: Oh wait, no, we're gonna need you at the end of the episode. Just stay outside. To
2: <laughs> come <laughs> like on, a, boys. They, they come I don't know we booked the Funky Jams for the uh, exit today.
1: Yeah, they. they oh the, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They they come over and they set up their instruments for their forty nine seconds. Yeah. Well, I guess. You know, in and out. So, do you feel like when you've been at concerts she in real life to. that
0: uh, you've gotten bardic inspiration by the time you leave?
1: <laughs> anyway, have you been thinking about that for a while? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you do. You walk
0: out a little pep in your step after you're like, oh, yeah. Right. I think that's Celine like Dion her. killed it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah right. bring up Celine Dion to this podcast again?
3: <laughs> well, Celine Dion is an a tr- American treasure.
2: She's great.
0: <laughs> and
3: she played in Deadpool
0: 2. This a great is my last time.
3: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: hey. Welcome to Legend Lore, brought to you by Strange New Worlds Productions. And on this episode today, we are going to be talking to the new DMs out there. Uh, but if you're an old DM, you can obviously maybe pick up a few pointers here too and we're going to be talking about how to set yourself up for success uh as you begin to get into your dm career especially as like if you're getting ready to run your first game ever and uh who
0: wants to kind of kick kick this off uh yeah man i think uh, this is dm rock fist by the way
1: oh yeah um, I didn't, we didn't do the introductions i think you all know who we are by now but in case this is your first episode uh i'm dungeon master mike i'm
0: dm rock fist my right
1: dm big o
3: Did you did you upgrade your your moniker
0: (laughs) recently? This is Overlord
3: O. (laughs) This is Cody. Soon, soon to be, soon to
4: be.
0: You downgraded. You were a professional player, Cody, last week. Now you're just Cody. It's so
1: wordy or (laughs) syllabley.
0: It's okay. It's okay because soon you don't understand. It's it's a podcast.
1: They're actually about words. Yeah. It's all right. This is this is recorded.
3: Yeah. Soon you're going to have to say your GM Cody because eventually you're going to do a Pathfinder game and then you're going to be a game
0: and
1: We're not going to let you I'm keep so, saying player Cody. I'm so. So excited.
0: Next week that, Cody's going to be like, "I'm I'm a human.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am of the mammalian
3: family." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is dungeon emperor popatine all right i might have to downgrade myself because star wars will be over like with eight sessions and then eight sessions that's like (laughs) we're just gonna have to call you Well, it's only like four months now because now we have two games two games a month we're off
2: topic but i gotta say don't pull a john on me please I actually don't. <laughs> <no, wait, what laughs> it, 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 I was in it, the it, shower this morning. Define pulling a John. What does that mean? <laughs> pulling out too soon. Okay. <laughs> are you
0: referring to the end of our Lich War campaign?
2: I, I am. I'm absolutely uh, referring to you where you well, said, "Yeah, we have four to five sessions left," and then you cut it that night because I was trying to
0: lie to you guys in order to make <laughs> it more impactful. Right. So it was, was impactful. As it were,
1: giant ass cliffhanger. So, uh, if you are a new DM, don't try that. No, yeah, do yeah, try. It. it was one. awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can. Why no, not? No, You can. I'm just, um, I'm just kidding. To, My, to Mike's point, we want to talk Oh, yeah. Tonight. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are we, actually oh, here yeah, we we to, to talk, talk about to. something today. I think we. it's now that all four of us or five of us are back at the table and stuff or like uh, we've had recently, it's like, feels good. Feels good to be here with you guys. Um, so just, we wanted to talk about, you know, what goes into that first session as a new DM, right? And I think we've all... Um, at this table, we've all, you know, done a session as, as a DM first time. And uh, I think we all have different, you know, little tricks and tips and methodologies and stuff. But um, for me, um, I, it comes down to, like, really understanding the story that I hope to tell. And for me to for me personally be able to do that, uh, I've got to, like, map out all the different characters and all the different settings stuff, right? So, like, I'll start with, like, a rough idea of what the story is going to be, but then I'll really think hard about what the the town it's going to start in is like and what's the different nations in that area and like who's all the different power players in that town and in that region and you know so i'll i'll spend a lot of time writing down a lot of stuff that maybe never ever even shows up into the campaign but it just helps me to get my creative juices flowing how about you guys you guys go that detailed with it or?
1: uh it just depends it, it's it's all different i mean that does kind of come to one of my things on my i list list of stuff i wanted to talk about and uh I kind of want to start with some broader strokes first for, for myself. Anyways, uh, I think if you're a new DM and you're getting prepared to run your first game, your first campaign, whatever it's going to be, one thing is you have to realize nobody is perfect. You are going to make mistakes. Uh, there are going to be times where you don't know the information you're supposed to supposed to know. And you might have to flip through some books a little longer, might pause things, might be, might make things a little slower, but that's fine. Nobody's perfect. Just make sure your players are having fun. And a lot of it is in the prep. That is for sure. Uh, There's so many things to be prepped. And I kind of like to talk a little bit about how I kind of think of like, I I really, really thought it's been, we've been, I've been DMing so long. I had to really think, I was like, what the hell did I do way back then? And (laughs) I can't remember, but I I had a few things that kind of came came along. And so broader strokes, be flexible. You have to be able to bend the story you are telling, whether it's pre made campaign or one you made up to suit the collaborative. Aspects of role-playing games, so that'll help you from railroading PCs. And the more they, your players feel they impact the story, the more they're going to embrace the ideas of the story you're telling. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that way. I do think prep is very important, Um, but on the other hand, there are some people who can wing it. And I think you should always be prepared for each game, no matter what that is. You know, whether whether you just know the story if it's a pre-made campaign you've read that or a module you've read that several times over before you even start to play if it's your own you've got your notes you've got your you've got whatever you you know you've got your npc stats you've got all that stuff you you've read it a few times but unless you're really good at excelling it and winging it which very few beginning dms can really wing it we can because we've done it for a long time so we can we can roll with things a lot quicker in the same vein mike i'd like to say make sure you're uh players are prepped
2: yeah make sure they're excited when they come to the table they have a character they want to play they have a backstory make sure that they have all the tools they need because a lot of time it can be um, really daunting for them to jump in so maybe even run like a trial session mm-hmm. with pre-gen characters or they have a character concept so they know what it's about so that when they get to the table they're excited that's what we talk about like losing players a lot of the time and if you come with that or if you get your players to come with that same level of excitement you have to tell a story and they're going to participate in you're gonna all have a better time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while, we we this is it comes back to something we talk about all the time and that's communication, communication, communication. Be a part of your player character's character design. You know, take interest in what they wanna wanna do, talk them about talk to them about that. Ask them to come up with back, uh, you know, backstories for their characters, and, uh, and the more you can include these elements, it, you know, pertaining to the backstories into your story that you're telling itself, that's going to create that engagement too. Exactly, I think engagement's the key word there. Cody, yeah.
2: you had something to say, I think.
1: Yeah, it's basically bouncing off what you guys are saying, but players, to a
4: degree, don't care about the DM's story; they care about their characters' placement in the story. Absolutely. So you know, you can, and I think part of that is like. Nobody wants to watch the DM narrate what their character does for an hour. The, char- the players want to be able to narrate what they're doing in response to the story that's happening around them. So if you want your players to be really engaged in it, you, your, their backgrounds, what you were saying earlier, make sure that their backgrounds are tied into the story. If the player isn't incorporating their backgrounds into the story, then try and like bend the story a little bit so that their backgrounds do... Kind of fit into the story. Yeah, keep, it's keep, super easy for homebrew, mm-hmm. and I mean, even with the pre-made module, all you got to do is like you know flip some names around or change small little bits of the setting around you, and it's it's not it's not that difficult. No, just gotta sure. make sure yeah. because like when something impactful happens, you want the players to really feel it, but they're not gonna feel it if it's like the impactful thing happens to the NPC. Yeah, in so like you're a town like, over.
2: Be flexible with either pre-made or your homebrew so that it fits your characters more.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I feel that totally. One of
0: the things when you look at, like, an official campaign setting from uh, Wizards, right, Mm -hmm. like, they'll a lot of times put multiple ways – uh, player characters could have entered the campaign like in Curse of Strahd. Um, you could have been like following an invitation from uh, a Burgomaster. You could have been... Um, I think one of them was, had something to do with werewolves. You were hunting werewolves and disappeared into the mist. So like you can literally say to the characters, hey, which of these three options do you want to choose for your character? You know, And then now you've got your story that segues them into the adventure.
4: Mm, that would create really good kind of momentum. Like, Why would... I'd be hunting wolves or werewolves like oh maybe my character is like a mercenary bounty hunter or you know and the, now they got this momentum of how they can get their backstory started Yeah,
2: exactly it provides both a way for mm-hmm. them to get in and also for you to listen and go oh well that kind of makes sense with this plot thread so we can jump it in mm-hmm. i like just going back for a second i like what john said about changing names or no cody excuse me we change names around mm-hmm. we're like yeah your character in made a character in his backstory that killed his family right okay cool change the big bad or even a side character to that guy's name, Bing Bang Boom. Yeah. he's in the story. Now he's a vendetta. That character's going to show up with bloodlust every time, ready mm-hmm. to go and get this guy. Yeah,
0: I like that. I, I remember when, when I did the first rod campaign five years ago, rod stands for realms of the dragon. And, uh, I was struggled with that very question of like, cause you guys had all these great character ideas. I'm like, Oh my God, how do these, how do these like four or five people come together? Cause they're very different. different you know? Yeah, diverse, and yeah. so I, I came up with this uh, idea of the adventurers guild and how it, like what brought you guys together was literally, you showed up at this tavern to apply to join the Adventurers guild. And then the table you were assigned randomly was the table that, that, that the players were all sitting at. So, like the way you guys met was through that random assignment, and that's what started the campaign.
4: How convenient. It, it, <laughs> Imagine so. what would happen if we paired up with NPCs.
1: It would have been a different oh, campaign. Been totally different thing. <laughs> <laughs> what,
3: all right. Well, here, here's,
1: here's the weird thing. That was actually in the quest for boost. Yep. Oh yeah, same thing. That was kind of the same thing that I did, but I actually had it set up. That, so you guys could have. By, by the the pre contest you were doing, you guys could have been up playing separate against each other in this quest yeah, I, with NPCs. I, and I it vividly
2: just, remember that because I was like, yeah. there was I can't remember it was straw cards, or whatever we were drawing. And it was yeah. like, hold, wow, we did all them on the same team, but it was like, yeah, yeah, the and it threat was threat was
1: real. The thir- yeah, and the threat was real. It could have been there, and it, I think, of course, obviously, we know how that all turned out. So it was
3: <laughs> two years <laughs> was later not have to, try to kill each other, yeah. wrapping up a campaign. <laughs> uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on things? I mean, I think we're dancing around a thing that I really enjoy doing. And oh, I think, yeah. Do it. I don't think we did it in star Wars and I don't know why. And maybe I just, I don't know why, but uh, star Wars is the first campaign I ran in a long time. So that might've been the reasons, but I really like the aspect of, before you sit down to your first session, session one, I like to have session zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Explain to your character. I guess we did. We did. I did explain everything about the world of Star Wars and stuff like that, but uh, you explain your characters. Here's what we're going to be going through. Kind of give them a brief overview of here's stuff. Your character would know about stuff. And then you, you know, go around the table. Hey, let introduce your character, go to your backstory. And then while you're all around the table, you can figure out together how your characters are going to be in a group together.
1: That is so weird that you just, that's what you brought up because I, who was I talking to? It was just a few, it wasn't too long ago. Maybe it was talking to Beth. I can't remember. I was talking, we were talking about how things have changed, right? Not just with the game, but other things like technology and how, how how it's great to have these uh, character builders. You can boom boom, and they'll do all the math and they'll calculate everything for you. And you know all your abilities and stuff. I used to do session zeros for every campaign that I started and I haven't done one in forever. And one of the reasons is, is usually you guys, especially, you know, you've already thought about your character. You created a character and you're bringing that character to the table. We used to always get together for session zero and everybody would be making their character that session while I was talking about you know, working with them on story, backstory, working with them like, oh, this might be your motivation, that kind of thing. And, and also letting them to know a little bit more about the world I was about to prepare, uh, throw them into.
0: I, I think technology has moved some of the session zero stuff uh, to like texting and, and email yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I know um, like you might coordinate with a buddy that's going to be at the same campaign going, Hey, I'm thinking of making uh, this character, do you want to be like my twin brother or something? You know, like, and you yeah. can create that backstory
2: together. Me but and David have done that several times. Yeah. He texts right. me every time. This is my character. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, well, I'm this guy. And it's like, oh, what if we know each other? It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mike, Mike
0: and Matt always send me like this beautiful, like, short story that's the background <laughs> of their
2: character. And I'm like, I'm going to use all the
0: NPCs
2: now.
1: Kage <laughs> <and> Neko.
2: <Echo>. Yep. <laughs> you know, I think that the uh, last time we had a session zero,
4: was actually Rod, the original Rod. Rod. Yeah, Rod. I believe so. no. uh, it was uh, Dark Kingdom. Did we do sessions here? Oh, did yeah. we all get together? We did a sh- a session zero on Dark Kingdom. That's why John and I know each other. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay but that was just us though i think i think it was just me, and
1: john yeah yeah i don't think we had like everybody
0: if <laughs> so if you're that new dm listening right now like i think that sessions zero's are really useful for you uh, if you can make it happen because you may also need to teach the players like the basics of combat or mm-hmm. right. you know basic rules and stuff and i could even see designing like a short uh, combat simulator type thing on a mini map just to be like, hey, let's just have you guys kill a few goblins with some basic characters I pre-created and I'm going to teach you the mechanics of the game really fast. You right. know? Yep. So,
1: that, so that actually gets to one of my points too, that I think uh, if you're a new DM, one thing you may try doing uh, before you leap into a major campaign, whether it's your campaign or whether it's a pre-bought campaign from Wizards or somewhere else or you know, from us when we have campaign setting coming out, um, you may just want to try doing some one-shot stuff with your group first or just some short adventures first just so that you can smooth over all those mechanical questions that the players might have and you, maybe you're lucky and maybe you're first time DMing, but you've played before in other groups and maybe you know a lot already which is awesome about the mechanics of the game and maybe you have some players but doing those one-shot adventures or just doing even like John's said a quick combat simulation can really help with the new players i'd like to add that if you're doing those one shots or combat simulators however
2: that is that's gonna let your players know especially their new players if they want to continue playing that character is like right. oh i was really ineffectual like i want to play something else like awesome do yeah. one or two of these sessions try a mage and try a fighter and go ah i want to be a rogue
4: that allows a lot of flexibility for them and again keeping up with engagement what's also cool about this idea is it kind of goes in line with what 5e does with all of their modules. Most of the 5e modules start you off at like level three or above. Mm-hmm. Nothing starts off at level one, but they usually have like a little short uh, mini adventure that you can finish in like one or two sessions. Mm-hmm. So by doing these small games before your actual campaign starts, you now you can have these people roll level one characters and then they build up to level three or whatever and now the actual game starts. So like
2: uh, Death House is like that, right? Exactly. It's one to three, so you can get into Barovia. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: I definitely want to hop off on the uh, the combat situations where you can have that like you said keenan where you could have oh i don't want to be a rogue i don't want, I don't want to be a mage i want to be a fighter now mm-hmm. that's what i feel like i want to be don't as a, as a dm i mean definitely be open to let your characters just even if you're just start, you're starting you're carrying the campaign be open to just let them start change a class like especially yeah. if they're new and they're like hey i didn't really think this is what the mage is going to be like i really don't really want to continue but i like this character and i kind of like their backstory it could be like tweak it be open to that. I mean, so that way that they don't get turned off from it and then go, well, I don't really want to, so, I mean, like, they'll show up and they'll probably want to play because they got, you know, friends around the table, but at the same time, they might hate their class. they will just be on the phone, yeah, the time, which yeah. is fair because they're not having fun. like,
1: it, Or they may even just hate, maybe not even hate their class as so much as maybe the character, they just thought this character idea was going to work. Yeah. And then once they got into to playing, realize, oh, man, I'm not feeling this. Absolutely. And I was going to yeah. say
2: that I think that those first few sessions are so flexible with both lore, story, and characters that, like, don't be afraid to change it because, your lore isn't solidified, like whatever your uh, campaign or, or session lore is for your characters and what they've interacted with and done in the world isn't solidified for like maybe five sessions at minimum. Like these things aren't hard things. Like, yeah, well, it wouldn't make sense for your character to be uh, uh, twitch to a switch to a wizard in the third session. It's it's really not that set up. You've had three, two other sessions. Let him be a wizard this time. Right. Like, maybe may not change every time, but like,
3: let him change once. That's you know what I mean. One thing I really liked about Avengers League was that you could level up to level five. And if at level five, you said you could level anytime until you get to level five, once you level five and started doing stuff, you couldn't do it, change anything. But once before level five, you could change anything about your character. Love you want that. To change I mean, like, I, I mean, I go so far as maybe you want to change your race. Sure. I mean, that's fine. But like they wouldn't, I don't think they'd allow that, but everything else you could change your class, your stats, all your stuff and it. I would totally be open to that with new especially with new players who didn't know the game. Yeah, people trying to figure out what they like.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know how many times I've started Skyrim <laughs> over <laughs> because yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be fun, I'm like I don't want to be an archer." And then and I'm like right. remake it and I have to play the f- same 45-minute intro sequence again to go, "Oh, I don't want to do this either." <laughs> like <laughs> that you can eliminate that instead of hours of time at sessions with letting them just change immediately right. for those first couple of sessions specifically. Like Half with your campaign, you go, I think I'm just gonna be a wizard now. Not that. Yeah. From the beginning.
0: I think you're you're getting into something that's really, really deep there too, because I think one of the big secrets of being a great DM is just making sure everybody's having fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, not absolutely. being not getting too caught up in, in the rules, though for some players and some groups being really rules oriented might be fun. Right. Um, right yeah. But know your audience and know yourself and like and like keep it fun.
1: I think yeah, that I think that's a good, very, very, very good point. Know your audience. You Absolutely. Know, so, and, if, and if you're playing with a mixed audience, maybe you do have a guy who's very mechanic or he really loves combat and he's just thinking about combat all the time. And you got another, another player who she just loves role-playing all the time, right? And so you have to kind of... Try to at least accommodate both of those, both those those players' needs at one time or another. You know, it may not always be one thing or the other, but at least if they get a little something there that helps keep them engaged. Yeah, let them shine. Yeah, let them shine. We've yeah.
2: had that before, especially in Realms of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. We had a character, not Cody, who is extremely um, statistic oriented, mm-hmm. right? And so, but John, you let him shine all the time. There's that one time that we'll talk about for the rest of our lives where you you brought in a guest star to play the villain and he eviscerated him because he built his kit. So statistically, yeah, like that's awesome. Yeah, That was his moment. And then immediately we went back to role playing and made everyone else happy.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that gets me to another point I wanted to talk about too a little bit. If you're just beginning as a DM, limit the size of your groups. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, You probably want to start out with at max. Four players, honestly. If you're just beginning, DM maybe three, two can work very well. Just depending on what what you're throwing at them. Uh- but you want to stay away from the larger groups uh because it takes a lot of work at the table and also pre-gaming when you're dealing with such big groups so you know all the all, all the all the preparation you do whether it's stories for the characters wh- whether it is the creatures they're going to fight and how many creatures are going to fight that kind of thing uh, the bigger groups are just very difficult to run even for us as seasoned dms we at times we're like man we've got some big groups and sometimes it's it, it's 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 nice for us when we get to go play with those smaller groups Again, as we as we experience oh. in Hell Squad, and even and even the players, you know, they they can sense this too. Sometimes, I mean, Beth and I just I told John that Beth and I just talked. Oh, I think I texted all you guys. Beth and I just talked about talked about that and she was very happy to hear that we we're going to go to some smaller groups again.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you get more spotlight and for one what that makes me think of instantly is all the memes where it's like, "Oh, I threw this in my party and they like killed it in one round." It's like, "You you're doing something wrong." Like, "There's yeah. too many people. The challenge rating isn't high enough." Something. Well, isn't in the
0: Monster Manual isn't doesn't it say like the hit points and stuff are based on a four uh, player, four, four player it group? Is, yeah. So like yeah. Yeah. if it's you have if you have six players at your table, you are supposed to automatically add 50% hit points to the monster. And and let's be honest, very few people do that. They just usually nope. take the monster right out of the page and, and that's what they roll with. Yeah.
1: I, I usually add like a thousand hit points onto the monsters. Every yeah. monster you're facing, <laughs> no there's day. two of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike,
0: Mike is, um, what my, so by the way, that was really good hearing that from mike because in my opinion mike is the best of us at managing a large group i, I think yeah. he's the got the yeah. most, experience at, and most the experience at it he's the best at and he's the best at keeping it the most amount of fun with that size group too so even even then you're s- still suggesting hey keep hey, the group size down yeah
1: yeah because yeah, even because even then because yes i'm doing it because i've done it before i mean i told you i had read that d6 star wars campaign where like literally we had 14 people playing almost every freaking session <laughs> it was bonkers it was also it was unplayable nuts. <laughs> it was playable. That's the weird thing. We it was, made it work. It, it took like so long oh, yeah. to do anything. But oh, yeah. It was we did
2: work well. Well, it's also
1: not it's also not D and D either. So it's not like there is.
2: It's much more random chance, and yeah, like, yeah. I do this and it happens. Kind yeah, of kind
1: of thing. Yeah. yeah, but but either way, uh, yeah. So keep keep the group small um yeah. and i think one of the things that uh oh i'm sorry go ahead Kate, oh don't no um
2: you. no no you're good um i just wanted to say too that i don't think we give you enough credit i don't think you give yourself yourself enough credit is that you're also kind of a no bullshit dm and i think that's a point that new dms could learn too like you go hey guys and like we all stop like a teacher in classroom we go okay cool like yeah we're we're crosstalking we're not paying attention to the thing we're all participating in and i think yeah. that that's actually huge because i don't think any of us do that enough especially with a large group it's right. like hey something's the, happening
1: the larger the group the more uh, and the larger the group then you're going to get crosstalk it just it's just how it is it's yeah. not it's human nature and it's not anything i try to, i try not to be to cross talk, but even even me as much as i try to always be like focused on what the dm is saying what's going on in the game looking at watching i pay attention to what everybody else is doing in combat too right because mm-hmm. that's that it's going to affect what i want to do so i'm looking at that stuff But even me, on the last session of Lich War, I got caught up in a cross-talk moment, realized it, looked at John, and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I I was cross-talking. That was rude kind of thing. So that having those smaller groups definitely cuts down on it. Absolutely. And even... (laughs) And in the smaller groups, if there is crosstalk, the DM is probably involved with it. Too. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was going to say like crosstalk is really just a good, it's actually a good sign. Cause everyone's a friend. It's like, Oh yeah. dude, like yeah. even if it's, if it's game related, that's awesome. Yeah. And if it's not, it's also awesome. Cause they're just friends. Right. But it is obviously a detriment to the experience we're all sharing. A a lot
0: of times the crosstalk that we have at our groups is usually like somebody having a question about something mechanically and they'll turn to one of the players that's more experienced, be like, hey, can I do this on my turn? And then it becomes like a you know, one minute, two minute conversation about mechanics and mm-hmm. you can do this or you can do that. And then it's like, Hey, it's your turn. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but I think Fireball as a new DM, you don't always know what you're going to get, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know how your players are going to be. And like to Mike's point earlier, some people, the first time they play a tabletop role playing game, they are enamored with this idea of free choice. Like that they, <laughs> oh, I yeah. have a character <laughs> that can do anything. Really? I, I attack the city guard, yeah. you know, like, oh, yeah. like, and it's like, okay, you don't know what you're going to be dealing with as a DM till you actually get going. So just kind of be prepared for anything.
4: When I was first DMing, um, I was DMing for my ex-girlfriend, currently ex-girlfriend, and her siblings. And her siblings are very smart. The brothers, they're they're all into chemistry, biology, sciences. They love that stuff. And so we're playing Pathfinder because at the time, I think we had just started Strahd. And I, just, I had $1,000 worth of Pathfinder materials, and I really wanted to use it. <laughs> so I taught them how to play Pathfinder 1. As we're going along, like... Within the first session, the two brothers, they're trying to knock out a guard and I could not remember how non-lethal damage worked. So I'm trying to figure it out or like just like make it up on the fly. But they're like, well, what if I just make the the, the chloroform uh, (laughs) towel and just like put it over their (laughs) mouth? And I'm like... Uh, your character doesn't know how to make it. He's like, it's so easy. And then they told me how they make, how you could make chloroform <laughs> towels. <laughs> creepy. Yeah. That is
1: creepy. I was, thank you, Keenan. Yeah. I was like, that Super is creepy, creepy as hell. Yeah. Mm. Well,
4: like they're just, they're like teenage kids and they just think that things, it, they're, I, I can understand why it's creepy. I completely understand why it's creepy. At the time, it's like, well,
0: they were just met. They were just, they're yeah, they're just yeah, They're were just they
4: bringing in their, their real life knowledge into these level one characters that right. have like an intelligence score of 10 or nine or something like yeah. that. You're a, you're,
0: you're, barbarian doesn't know how to do that, bro.
4: Yeah. So. Exactly. You just don't have the chemicals to do that. Exactly. But like, I don't know at the time I was just like such a nervous DM. I just couldn't figure out like what to say to it's super easy. This is how you do it. Like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess if you know it, then your player would know it too. So yeah, let's go with that. Mm. But, that's one of those situations where I should have just said no, and just created my own non-lethal damage knockout stuff, sure. and let them roll with it. I think that's oh, a great oh, point, that's though. A good thing.
1: Yeah, good point. There's, Go, there's, I'm it, thinking, take it, saying no. Yeah, that's, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I was okay. thinking. I was thinking that that was something that, that's not even on my list of things to to talk to about with the new DM. But here as a new DM, you are going to be sitting at this table and maybe maybe you're playing with friends, maybe you're not. I don't know who you're playing with, but there is always the possibility that there are going to be people who want to, who, who think things should work a very certain way with maybe a rule, maybe a mechanic, that kind of thing. You are in control when it comes to rules, interpretations. That is literally what it says in every player's handbook, you know, uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, whatever you want, want to look at, since time immemorial that D and D has been a thing. Is that you are the ultimate say in what that rule is. So for Cody's, you know, to Cody's point, he's My like, yeah, the example, yeah. He said, he, yeah, he's, he he goes, I should have just said no, oh. and could, and 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 you don't you don't have to be an asshole about it, right? Oh. No, you just be like, no, and here's why. You know, the barbarian just doesn't know that how would he know that you don't
2: have access to those ingredients like all sorts of things i think that um a a new dm should know and we always talk about the bad dm and the bad player right but as long as you're not doing it constantly you can say no you are for lack of a better term god at the table you could say oh yeah dragon spawns like you can do that it's dick move you can like ultimately (laughs) ultimately this god is a jerk you are the one telling the story you're the narrator to a degree so if you need to say no to something and it's not just for your own ego do it like if it doesn't fit it like that's what we talked about the bad player it's like well i'm just gonna go stab people it's like "Mm, no like if you were to have done that now you would have done that earlier in your life and you wouldn't be a a pc like you'd be in jail Mm -hmm. so like don't be afraid (laughs) to say no like you're not going to scare people right like authority is a weird complex issue but at the ta- at the table you are the authority and that you, you doesn't to dictate certain th- things yeah or all, everything technically so
1: yeah and that doesn't mean that you can't be open to a player's rule interpretation too like if they oh, if, if something they say and you're like oh you know what i that's not how i thought about it. you know what i like that better yeah run with it right i have another example sort of related ish but mostly to my story from earlier same
4: group I think different day but they were in a village and there was ghouls in the village and the ghouls were able to look like normal people during the daytime and then at night time they would go hunting for villagers and so i had like the story idea hooked up for them and it was really clean and simple really but they would have rather have like done a bunch of crafting skill checks and then like make items and then auction them off to the villagers and that was what they wanted to do for like two hours. Sounds like, sounds like players to me. Yeah. And, it sounds like normal players. And so like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm a nervous DM. I just want them to have fun. So I'm like, okay, if this is what they want to do, then we're just going to do this. And I completely forgot to end up like trying to pepper in my plot points, <laughs> my, my breadcrumbs for them to follow and then advance the story further or just force, you know, you know, maybe an event is that was supposed to happen in a, this mansion's basement or something like that maybe i could have just had that event happen in like one of the workshops or something right. mm-hmm. and the plot that plot continues going forward but it goes forward in the way that the players kind of wanted the game to be turned into mm-hmm. which was this market simulator right <laughs> adjust, the, well, adjust the game to the players well, right? yeah adjust yeah. the game to the players yeah.
1: well i mean we do play sometimes like an hour and a half our two hours of Star Wars shopping simulator with say, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and we Gosh, enjoy it. We, we, get, we, we, we love
0: it. <laughs> well, first of all, Matt fully fleshes out every merchant mm-hmm. with like a backstory and a voice and a, and a whole like thing. And so we're like, let's go meet these interesting and characters. Absolutely. And But I, I think that, you know, <laughs> I, I think there's something to be said about for session one, like y- you need to educate new players as a new DM. You need to educate them on how it's going to go down. Right. Like you need to let them know, like, Hey, to Keenan's point, like I'm the DM, I'm sort of the narrator. So I may say you can't do something. That's not me trying to make you have a bad time. It's just, you know, there's a game reason why you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the simulator thing, I think, you know, it's just funny. Like y- there's a balancing act between telling the story and just letting people have a good time. And I think you can, that's up to you to in the moment, kind of make that judgment call. But I think that in in writing, I forgot who coined the phrase or what, what the exact phrase is, but when, when I was studying literature and writing and stuff, I remember it really stuck with me one time I saw this uh, writing device where if you're writing a story and the plot seems to be kind of stalling and it's getting a little boring, you're not sure what to do. Um, you just have somebody kick the door in <laughs> of whatever room they're <laughs> right, in. Right. And like you know, it could be anything. A bear could rush into a room, a bad guy, it could be you know, somebody running a room go, We need help in the village. No. But like it's okay. Um, I think as a DM, like if you feel like your players are maybe stalling or not picking up your breadcrumbs, just bring the story through the door to them. So they're sitting there crafting their stuff and then all of a sudden the city guards come in and go, You're adventurers, we need your help, come here. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like so that's a neat little trick. No, I, I mean love, I love that idea
3: yeah so I, I guess on that point i had i mean i had a session where it was a star wars session but i was i was tra- basically trying to run two star wars sessions at the same time i was it was very in the very beginning so when you guys were doing it i was also running a mirror campaign with my brother and some friends and then that kind of dissolved because they couldn't do it but anyways on the, the thir- first session that we did um i don't know if you guys remember running into those bounty hunters on coruscant mm-hmm. yeah. so basically oh, they yeah. their their whole like the beginning of stuff the ones was that whooped match. our booties yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> Oh, not the not the ones that whip your booties this was like the first uh, or second session maybe I know. way long ago yeah so um they their whole thing was you guys were just like ah, we're gonna fight these guys we're gonna be fine we're gonna keep going on the adventure for them uh two of them decided that they're gonna see these guys two of them are like all right we're gonna go fight them and the other two were like okay we're gonna go to this meat shop <laughs> and then, so they, they ran in the meat shop to get some meat, ran into a diner and then tried to say like, Hey, can you cook this meat for us? And th- their whole thing was they wanted to get this meat cooked. And <laughs> you know that you seems like really disruptive like this, cause we're doing, two are doing combat, two are trying to do this. But at the same time, everybody at the table was just laughing their ass off because it was hilarious. And that's called a good D and D session.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause people were having fun.
1: Oh crap. Somebody's trying to kick the door in here. So I think we might be, <laughs> we might, we might let them in. Hey, hey, hey you!
5: Yeah, you. I'm Boblin the Goblin, and I know an adventurer when I see one. Come over here. I got something you'll be interested in. Have a seat at my table. I know where an intrepid band of heroes like you can find all the best adventures and loot you can handle. Have you heard of the Lair of Strange New Worlds Productions? It's on a magical plane of existence called the World Wide Web. I know, right? That sounds like some serious sorcery, but it's true. I've heard that SW Lair has adventures with Bullywugs, cults dedicated to Suntomi, and even a quest for Boost, the god of alcohol and revelry. What? You're a thief? Shh give it on the down low. I hear S&W has an adventure for thieves like us. That's not all, though. If you're looking for a good shop to outfit your party, S&W has shops you can steal. Need someone to help your party for a short time? They've got companions and compatriots there, too. And I hear they got new classes. And every month, the mages at S&W teleport more stuff to this lair they call a website. What's this information I'm giving you gonna cost? Aw, Boblin the Goblin doesn't need much. I love helping heroes. How about an ale? And maybe put in a good word for you? with that cute part on stage. Anyways, if you want to access that layer of S&W, you have your cast or summon SNWproductions.com on that worldwide web I spoke of. Boblin the Goblin guarantees you won't be disappointed. Oh crap, here comes that half orc chud. I gotta go. He probably heard that I stole his echo fish. Until next time, remember for all the dungeon dubbing products you need, SNWproductions.com has it all. Thank
1: you, Boblin. I'm sorry we kept you out for so long. Such a charming gablin. He's such a friendly dude uh <laughs> until he steals echo fishes until, until he steals your echo fish <laughs> little stinker that little stinker so i think um i want to get uh, maybe a little more mechanical side of things too a little bit um i think before you begin uh playing you really need to kind of decide what style you want to, to do as a dm right you want to think about um, are you running everything theater of the mind Are do you have pen and paper maps do you have digital maps are you doing visuals for the players soundscapes are you using minis are you playing online and i think it's very important that you establish that right off the bat what you want to do because the way you play impacts the amount of time you need to prepare a game now yeah. the way we're doing things right now especially with digital maps minis uh visuals on the big screen tvs uh soundscapes mm-hmm. that takes a lot more time than if we we're just doing you know if we we're just doing theater of mind right or even if we're just doing pen and paper maps So I think that's very important uh, mechanically wise. And one thing you might want to actually, you know, communicate with your players too on that one and see what styles they like as well. Because if you get four players and they all really love theater, of the mind, man, that, that, that takes a lot off of you. That's a lot less prep. You have to do
2: taking a step back from uh, (laughs) (laughs) taking a step back into what you said. And I know that each one requires its own prep time. Yeah. What do you think is like the ratio of prep to play? Is it is it one to one? Is it three to one? Is it two to one? Like what do you what do you guys think it takes you to prep to play? I per, like per hour, like one hour prep. I, I hour can prep, answer that prep. specifically yeah, no, right, for yeah. me right now. Yeah, so
0: like for me right now, it's one-to-one. Like okay. I've gotten to the point where like I can, uh, an hour of prep is probably an hour of play,
2: but maybe, maybe more. Also describe what, you, uh, what like um, what tools you're using.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually using visual. And then I'm using Soundscape and I'm using digital maps and I'm like all that. So, so you're a proteum because you can do all that. Well, it's just muscle it's just mu- well, it's just muscle memory for me yeah. at this point. But when I first started, it was probably something like three to one, honestly. Like it was and part of that was just because of how picky I was being. Like I would be like I would literally just listen to music for hours because I needed to find the perfect song. <laughs> and then now I'm like yeah, this song's pretty good. <laughs> Maybe for like a big bad or something, I'll really dig into like a specific song. But if it's just like general combat music or something, as long as it feels like it fits what I've got, you know, then I'll yeah. go with
1: it, you know. So I'm gonna call bullshit on John there. I'm thinking it's probably more two to one because as the guy that's also doing all the visuals and all the soundscapes and the and the digital maps, I spend an inordinate amount of time trying to find exactly the right damn visual I want. That's fair. And I've been there that's difficult that's why there's sometimes where i actually kind of missed doing some theater in the mind we did that with L Squad. that one Hell squad session i was like hey man i got nothing this is all in our imaginations and I, what i found myself doing was describing things in a lot more detail right. than i have right. been lately right i've been kind of going back to some old school dming that way i, I
0: remember that session too and like it it didn't suffer because it was theater no, of the no, mind. I mean, no. like I remember the visuals of that session because they were so well described and
1: well, well the same thing happened. And then, uh, uh, tales of Tavaria when we were in COVID and we were playing online, uh, I ended up using a lot less visuals, uh, just because it was a little harder to, because, you know, we're, we're playing on zoom. I got shit recording. I got, a, I got this going over here. I got this going over here. And I just went, you know what? I'm streamlining this. I'm not going to have as much visual. So I did a lot more actual description, a lot more oratory. And I definitely saw, I think, an improvement in the way people visualize what was going on, the more detailed I got in describing things. Because then also, it's also part of your imagination too, right? So Mm -hmm. the players are using their imaginations to kind of fill in the blanks or or, or, or interpret your words. Uh, But I mean, at the same time, I'm never going to stop using the visuals either. So
2: the visuals are great for doing a specific thing. But when you're describing activating their imaginations, like that's actually like, a way of teaching is like getting people to think about things, and now yep. they their brain switches processes and starts doing different things. Right. So, describing something and making them visualize it in their own mind's eye, a that's a super unique experience because every single person in that room is a slightly different version of it, or completely right. different versions right. of it. Say so you don't describe color, but all of it, uh, you know, appendages and uh, textures, and yeah, but that's that's a beautiful thing, and to. Um, that involves them more because they're having to think about it. That means yeah. humans yeah. want to focus on a task, so they would I engage actually, more.
1: It's kind of funny because we we're, we're playing Tomorrow and uh, Dark Kingdom cro- uh, Tales to crossover, and I actually don't have that many visuals for Tomorrow. And the ones I do are, are, are some reused ones, and I did that actually very purposefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, because i just knew that what i was looking for was not going to exist because it only exists in my head and i'm not an artist so i'm not drawing that shit out and nobody else is in my head you don't want to be there no one
0: <laughs> <laughs> freddie cougar popped in there once was like i'm out of here
1: i was there once and i was like oh no oh, no <laughs> uh so i think yeah so, so that's you know a little more on the mechanical side you know kind of pre- just kind of getting a good idea because that's going to help with your prep work and prep work is so damn important it just is like I, I don't think we can say it enough unless you're just really good at faking shit prep work is so important now i'll say when i was younger i used to fake stuff all the time like all the time but i also had a lot more free time to sit around and you know, come up with this stuff in my imagination so i was kind of pre-prepped in my, in my head a little bit before playing even though i didn't really do anything i'd love to touch on that because yeah. i do something similar to that to this day even yeah. where
2: i might spend one session, a ton of prep on really slides um, or even back writing of like what they're either going to say directly, like a villainous monologue or what they're about. But I find myself and I think that it might be because I'm a new air ish DM. I mean, I've done it several times, but a lot of sessions, right. But a lot of sessions. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, what's really s- successful to me, the way that my brain works, my experience level is that I will write all the characters that are going to appear. And then like a summary about them, a synopsis. Right. Like, who is this person? Okay, cool. I might not have a bunch of like a uh, video game, like dialogue where they have to ask this and I say this, but all right, like this is who this guy is. This is why he's here. This is his motivation. And then when someone talks to him, I go, okay, well, cool. I know what this guy's about. So I can respond to whatever the question is. Cause I knew who he is or she yeah. is. Right. I think that that really helps me yeah. keep everything smooth. Because so I might not have an answer for you or something even meaningful to say, but I can at least respond to you with something I think is genuine to that character and to me, that's like winging it, but it's prepped winging it. So if you're going to wing it, at least have the information at your disposal. Do the prep for that, at least, because that's easy to write. Right. Write some characters you can plug into things.
4: I want to go back to that after, Cody. Another thing you could do that's an even lazier version. Well, not an even. It's a lazier version, what you're talking <laughs> about here, is you instead lazy of having... piece of. Yeah. Instead of having <laughs> this character knows A, B, and C, this character knows D, E, and F, you just have information that characters would know in this village or like, you know, a character might know in this village. And then as the PCs are going around town and they're talking to people, you plug it in, you just kind of like, yeah, you plug in is like, Oh, they talked to the bartender and then they're asked the, this specific question or the the question that would link to one of the answers. And now the bartender is the person in the village that knows the answer to that question. That's
2: smart. It's like, um, yeah. uh, like a, uh, like a script trigger. Yeah, like kind of. This is it's brought like a, up. And if they don't get it, that actually going back to what you said a while ago, if they, you can hint at it like, oh, you, he, roll me a perception. Okay, cool, roll. Oh, you hear the guy down the way mention this. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, ask the bartender, what is that? Yeah. Bam, you're back on story. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you're, you're always
4: on your story, but the players definitely feel like they're leading the story. Like, oh, we made the right decision. Exactly. Go talking to that guy because it led us to the thing over there. And it's it was going to happen no matter what they who they talked to yeah.
2: exactly, but they don't know that, and they don't yeah. have to. That's a good thing; they don't have to know that as the D, uh, as the players.
0: Mm-hmm. So, as a new DM, w- at what point are you like over prepping for the first session?
1: Well, that's a good question. I want to kind of stay on this topic for just a moment, then we'll talk about over prep maybe. Um, actually, I'm very similar to what what, what, what Keenan does. I do have a very good idea of the especially very important NPCs and who they are and what their motivations are. Uh, I I never. Unless it's a, it, unless it's the big bad or, or some henchman or something something that's very important to the story. I don't like prep notes on the character. I just have a very good idea. Maybe I have one or two notes. And then if there is one important thing that they have to say, that's the only thing I script out. Makes sense. Everything else, I just, I, 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 I roleplay it. I get into what that character is, you know, who that character is, what their voice is, how they would react to the situation. And uh, I think that if you were a new DM, it just depends on your skills, right? Mm-hmm. It depends. Are you good? At improv, are you good at inhabiting that character and that voice or whatever? Because if you're not, then you may want to have some more scripted out stuff. And hopefully, hopefully, it's not too scripted. It's not too wordy. Hopefully, you're you're able to pull it off naturally. Mm-hmm. I think this is the, that's the key with with good NPCs is they really should appear natural.
2: I agree. I would say that it's just a good rule of thumb, real quick here, is someone should never speak in a paragraph. Unless you're podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're if you're if you're a henchman and you have something to yeah. say, or even an NPC, you shouldn't be speaking more than like two sentences before yeah. a player can say something back.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, unless, of course, you know. I mean, there are, are some situations where obviously, obviously that's not going to. There are some information dump sessions or characters oh, at sure. some point. Oh, sure,
2: But that's a very specific like, moment. Le, y- like,
1: like we've definitely had that in our campaigns at one But that's all planned. That you. That's 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 pre-planned. That's and,
2: and, yeah. That's yeah. a DM
1: coming through a character and speaking
2: here is what's going on
3: a different Uh, aspect to that too is for me at least i i do it differently than i haven't heard this yet but basically what i do is i take if it usually it's only with the big characters so you know you're you're luke skywalker or you're this is a star wars actually setting but like but if it's a villain (laughs) or like a hero or someone you guys are going to meet that has a lot of stuff to tell you i take it to the point of my uh i was so worried they're on the table <laughs> but i can't take them off because if i take them off they make too much noise um <laughs> should have taken them on the table uh, so my what i do is i take because I, I i follow the dm thing of or the the dungeon master not dungeon player guide of ideals flaws and goals and i don't do like but i do that goals basically is what i do and goals are usually what drive the character of this is what they want to do Uh, you know their flaws or whatever that like i put i kind of list those out so i can you know when when you meet that person if you ask me a question that i don't fully right away just be like oh they would answer this way i can just look at that real quick and be like okay well that's this is their goal is this going to further that goal no well okay they'll answer this way um for that so it's just a little bit different it just kind of it's it's easy it's you know like you just little scratches on your paper to put it down but
1: well, that, yeah, that actually
3: more mechanical.
1: Yeah. And that actually kind of gives me going back is uh, if you're a beginning DM and you don't know, you don't know what your style is yet. You don't know what works for you. You know, experiment a little bit. But once you kind of figure that in, there is no right or wrong. It's whatever works for you, basically. You know, if yeah. it's it, whatever helps you tell a better story you know and we're giving lots of ideas and talking about how we do things that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you
3: no my way is the best way
1: well of course matt's way is always the best way because yeah. he is it's the only
3: way is the is the, is well, the Matt way well he is
1: emperor <laughs> pobatine so that's
3: right <laughs> i will i will force lightning you <laughs> you, you will and so, you have so
1: john you, you hit on you hit on um over prep yeah do you think that's a thing?
3: It was
0: for me. Like I yeah. mentioned earlier, like um, especially when I was a teenager and I was playing second edition, like I would just sit in study hall and write like page Ooh. after page after page of backstory stuff. And like none of it would come out,
1: but yeah. um, oh, 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 okay. Here I'm going to you. Well, you're an English major. You're, you're a writer. So what doesn't come out on the page when you're writing is just as important and what does, does come on the page when it comes to backstory, when it comes to the characters and all that stuff most writers do this and this is and this translates well to d d you will have all kinds of notes character notes background stuff that you just need to know to properly tell the story it doesn't mean that the readers need to know or that the readers will discover this but for you you have to really inhabit those characters and that plot and that idea and that thought that's how you get a fully realized story that's that's yeah the damn truth is what you just said yeah and that translates that translates to D D too now i would not say you were over prepping what i would say you were doing is enjoying your goddamn self because we love doing this right if yeah. we didn't love doing this we wouldn't spend all the hours prepping and playing and coming up with all the all the concepts we come up with man it's actually therapeutic right oh yeah so unless unless of course you're you got ocd then maybe maybe you need back off a little
2: <laughs> Like i can't
1: stop i also i gotta i gotta jut in
2: here and say bullshit to john that he did that when he was in high school, still he did that. You did that today because I know how many times you're like, "Man, I made like six different paths for you guys to do. Like, we right, only got right. one to choose, man. We can't do the rest." Right. And you've all you've said that so many times. It's yeah, true. I have literally. Spe- it's beautiful because we have so much yeah. freedom. Yes, story. And I've
1: literally sp- spent the last two days prepping for this DK Tales to Varia session, where I'd already been prepping for two weeks since the last time we played. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I'm like i had so many ideas i had all these things i realized all the paths you guys might go and i realized that even though we're kind of in the moment like we talked about in the last podcast that Mm -hmm. sometimes you get to those moments where the characters are not purposely railroaded it's the story that's railroading the moment because you're not going to go run off and do this but then all of a sudden i went oh well you know we got Kire over here keenan who just issued a duel a challenge to a duel i did do that and that can change some things oh yeah
0: you know it's it's funny you were talking about theater of the mind earlier that's probably if you're if you are like the kind of person that does a lot of prep I bet theater of the mind is a really good way for you to go because yeah. then it gives you the flexibility of saying okay you go up to this villager instead of that villager and you talk to him whereas if you get too reliant on visuals you might feel like you need to railroad people into the slides.
2: Yeah, like mm-hmm. the pictures of blacksmith. So
1: if they don't go to the blacksmith, I don't know what to do uh, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, storm comes in and makes you run into the blacksmith. For, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I know that I, I assume you guys do this because I definitely do this. There's many times where I have slides that never get used.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. session. I well, try and make a couple of alternate slides, depending on yeah. how you approach situations. Oh, uh, and well, I guess
1: we should clarify for the listeners. When, we, when we're talking slides, we all use uh, PowerPoint yeah. or, or, or the, the Google uh, equivalent of that yeah. so, to, to do our presentations. Yeah. Which,
0: which pro tip, if you are going to make slides you think you may not use because the players don't go that path, um, if you use presenter view mm-hmm. while you're showing yeah. it, yeah. you can see all of your slides, but they don't see it. Yeah. And you can click on the slide, where they go, which is my go-to trick
1: so you know what i love about our conversations is that during this conversation that we've had i've had two new ideas for podcasts <laughs> <laughs> so so i already told you the one in the and then the other one that we're definitely gonna have to address in the future let's 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 talk about tech Let's get, let's get down to, to the brass tacks about what we do and give some suggestions to people and, and not not necessarily a tutorial, but you know, some, some, some of the pro tips.
0: I think we got a lot to share there because um, without going to specifics, like we all have learned from each other little tricks and tips and we always like incorporate them into our future campaigns and then improve on them like matt ratcheting up the 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 merchant game and all (laughs) that i I gotta
2: say this now just so if this is your last podcast you ever listen to or last of ours just use powerpoint instead of google slides (laughs) i use google slides because all my
1: stuff is on there and i wish i could use powerpoint and i did that for all the boost campaign and i actually did that for pretty much everything even about half of uh tales of taveria online we were playing yeah. online and then i finally just said i'm gonna figure out how to use this and it's so much and more i'm powerful. so much happier because there's so many more things you could do with it oh my so God. much more room for activities yes what yes.
2: makes it like convenient because all your stuff's right next to it but don't, don't i have a little secret for that trap
3: yeah. i'm not going to use powerpoint and ever on what? what it's going to be all theater of the month it's going to it's not going to be theater of the month. well it, it probably will mostly but like if you have key NPCs, what i'm going to do is i'm going to drag the picture put it on the thing but oh, here's okay. the NPC. Yeah. You see? Okay. okay but okay. like regular old dudes you walk into a bar i'm just going to describe everything nice. also right. uh yeah, also I love lis- it. listeners stretching.
2: here expect uh, expect some Everon content
1: coming up oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Matt
2: dropped a little bomb there it's so kind of hey my mind. we
1: are getting to be uh getting to about that point um, I'm sorry, I start to say we are getting to be we're wordy, get, we're but, getting, but we're always we're wordy. getting long in the
0: tooth. <laughs> I'm beautiful <laughs> long in the tooth. That's what Do that it. phrase means, right? Yeah,
1: sure, it yeah, it does. I don't, or, know. or maybe it's about vampires.
3: Archaeans. Maybe. <laughs> That, that's when a vampire gets too old. You're getting long in the tooth there. Because, you know, I'm 2,000 years old. Teeth keep growing for vampires. Yeah, that's They're right. Vampire that's
1: right. They just keep growing. They got to file them down or they grow through their lip. That's right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and you've learned something new here today, kids. Ratpires or vampires? Ratpires, right. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's kind of wrap it up, get our closing thoughts about how to set yourself up for success as as a beginning DM. And even as like I said, I think there's stuff in here even for old pros really, oh, yeah. that we've talked about today. Uh, I'm going to go back to there's a couple things. I'm going to go back to communication again. This is the one of the hardest things to do when you're trying to get a campaign started. We have said this a million times. We are fortunate to have all these people who want to run games and want to play games. Some people are not as fortunate. So if you get a group together, be very open about committing to each other and the game. We know life happens, right? It happens. Sometimes you're going to miss games. Sometimes you're going to be late. Some things are going to happen. But if you can get that commitment right up front, to know, like, oh, hey, man, I think this campaign is going to last six months. Can you give me every Tuesday at six p.m. for six months? That's that, and it's important that we're all there because there's only four of us. and And be very, very open about that communication. Uh, and then I think if you're not running pre made content, I've said it before, I'll say it again: steal from the best, and I think the most in For me, the most important thing is just have fun, man. Have fun running it. If you're having fun, the players will have fun.
3: Matt? Well, number one, steal from that pre-made content too, because I know oh, i have yeah, done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not uh, don't S- steal the content. Always. S&W yeah. content. Oh well, yeah, that too. You know, don't don't steal the content. You know, get it by legal means. I meant, and I meant intellectually. Put your, put your content in the bag, See, you're,
2: you're speaking <laughs> like, like a goddamn I, Star Wars smuggler right now. I it's was, all legal, <laughs> huh? Yeah. I was in no way endorsing shoplifting.
3: I'm, I didn't say like I didn't say that either. Like I'm just saying like steal your content, but don't like I don't know. Anyway. There's some
0: kid in a game shop listening (laughs) to this on his uh uh, right now he's just like putting stuff back on the shelf right now like oh you guys almost got me in trouble (laughs) (laughs)
3: um what i'll say is uh i was going to say this when we're doing the over prep but i guess it's going to be my advice is if you to to think about when you're over prepping the moment that you are is when you're not having fun anymore
0: yeah as Uh, soon
3: as you're not having fun prepping for the session you're over prepping either i mean it might be a i mean there might be another reason but that can definitely be it if you've gone on like on my you're like oh man i have to type this like two-page essay about okay <laughs> you're over prepping for this character you're over prepping for this, this scene that's when you know it's because you're not like you're not enjoying it but like if you do write a novel because for this one character and you're just like this is awesome then you're having fun keep, keep doing it yeah keep doing it amen some people play video games some people write novels for their characters in dnd you know guilty guilty <laughs>
4: I think one of the things that I like that differentiates Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role-playing games from video games is you can spend the majority of your time on a tabletop game focusing on the story and how you can you know kind of roll the story out as the players are going through your place whereas in a video game it's pretty concrete usually even if there are other options to start a a, a side quest or something or finish a quest they're 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 pre-laid out into the video game whereas in tabletop, tabletop role games you know, I think having that mindset that this is not a video game the players don't have to do these very specific things in order to accomplish the goals the players can find their own unique creative solutions to the goals and if it's fun if it's cool if it's unique if it's creative or, inte- or intelligent then let that be the solution to the goal if it works you know let it ride yeah let it ride let let,
1: ride.
2: let people have fun with it to uh give my closing thoughts and to touch on that is uh let the gameplay preside mm-hmm. whatever the gameplay the kind of mm. uh, the players dictate whether that's shopping simulator 2021 or if that's uh, a <laughs> combat simulator 2021 <laughs> but let them kind of dictate that um I hate to word it this way but don't be afraid to say no
1: right like
2: no. as a dm yeah. don't be afraid to let them know hey you just can't do that consent is very important in d consent is important in life yep. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is probably going to be a race so my words are uh, immaterial but uh, everyone's already said it have fun yes. enjoy yourselves don't stress it Cause D and D is not supposed to be a job. Like a lot of us treat it like a job and partly <laughs> we're around this table because it is. But at the end of the day, we do this because we have fun. And right. if you're not having fun or your players not having fun, try and come up with a creative solution to fix that. And if not, I guess
1: move on. Yeah, no, no, I think those. Dude, th- actually those are fine words, man.
2: Fine words,
0: fine words, sir.
2: Damn fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I think
0: for me, it's like, it's okay to not know what's going to happen, right? Like it's okay to like, not have every component of the story in the set first session, like completely figured out before you even sit down, right? Yeah. Like be flexible, sit down at the table. You're the DM, um, you know, focus on the fun. And then when like mechanical questions pop up as they definitely will do in the first session or session 100, um, just make a call and don't worry about if it matches the book or not. Um, you know, hopefully you've prepped your players, but letting them know, like hey you know i'm kind of learning the game from a dm perspective right so like uh we can always revisit rules and stuff after but i don't want to turn it into like a you know, back and forth about the mechanics of the game out in the first session. I just want to focus on this having a good time. Um, So don't be afraid of, you know, making a call and and letting it ride and uh, you know, let the players have a little bit of autonomy and and all that within reason. And uh, just like, like you guys have said, man, just focus on having some fun.
1: Yeah. That's the most important thing. And we, we say that time and time again in our podcast, man, just have fun with it. Just roll and have fun. It's a game baby. So you know, what's been fun. This, this conversation.
3: Oh, it has? oh it's so
1: good it's so good so, so i'm so glad to be back we're back baby we're back baby.
3: <laughs>
0: oh yeah and uh, one mm-hmm. other thing mm-hmm. go to snwproductions.com <laughs> and uh, download some of those <laughs> adventures that are designed to be a first time session uh yep. because they're designed with uh, a new dm in mind and yep. take care of a lot of the heavy lifting
1: of the prep for you oh, you yeah. also
2: have alternate classes you can play that are not in the standard rule book yes. you can't find
1: them anywhere else and do, and do you want to play Matt's shopping simulator? Guess uh, what we have?
3: Shops. <laughs> <laughs> that, that have unique characters <laughs> oh, in them. And, they, and they, can, they can steal those shops. They can for <laughs> free. For for free? For, Are you saying
1: stealer shops? That's right. For now. For, and they have custom
3: <laughs> magical items in them. Stuff that's not even in the guide. Player's
1: guide. Or what? any guide. If
2: uh, you made it this far... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyways, uh, thank you for hanging out with us at Legend Lore. We will be recording a new episode next week as well. I'm not sure what we're talking about yet, but it's going to be fun. Uh, if you do like what you're hearing, please drop by uh, snwproductions.com to find out. You can buy us a coffee if you want and keep us up late at night working on these things and editing these podcasts and creating these podcasts. And we want to, of course, thank our patrons who have been supporting us since day one.
0: Yes. Oh, there's somebody we need to thank. Um, I don't think we've ever thanked on the podcast before. Uh, it's miss Julie Weaver. She, she pretty regularly jumps on Kofi and hooks us up with a very nice donation just to support the the group. And she always sends a nice note. So thank you, Julie. We appreciate you.
1: Yes. All right. Until next time you guys uh, keep rolling. Those Nat twenties.